Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. So if I were to ask you a question today of whose life are you living, what would you say? I'm pretty sure that you would just say your own. But I ask that to just welcome you into this exact episode because I want us to go ahead and just start off with a question. Start off with thinking. Start off with uncovering something because today we're going to be talking about what have you actually put in God's hands. And so um, it's already June, y'all. Summer is here. I don't know what summer really looks like for you and your family. I don't know if you do take a vacation, you do the same thing every year. Or I don't know if you have nothing planned because circumstances just have led up into this isn't going to be the summer of all summers. Or, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you eagerly look for something different that you get to go do. But no matter what stage or what all you got going on, I just hope that you embrace whatever season it is and that you find simplicity in it. Um, because you don't understand, we don't understand what part or what chapter of our book is being written at the time. And I say that because we can look, we can look back on our lives and we can see lessons that we learned that maybe in the meantime, you didn't even know you were gaining. And so if we look according to scripture, you know, every book in the Bible is about God. Daniel, the book of Daniel, isn't just about Daniel, it's about God. The book of Esther, it's not just about her, it's about God. We know that all the gospels of Jesus are about God. And so if we were to look at the book of our lives, what would it be about? I just, I just want for our plans to start reflecting God's demands. To start seeing things that we're trying to line up being according with things he has laid on our heart. Instead of taking him our request of what we think it's going to be. But when it comes to control, what's what, kind of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be honestly just unpacking a lot. I, I'm praying right now that it's really circle back around. And that the point that God has laid on my heart really comes across. So um, just bear with me. Okay, what have you put in God's hands? First of all, putting what does putting something in God's hands look like? It means surrender. It means turning it over. But I want you to know that it doesn't mean forfeiting your own goals and dreams. Because when you realize that things that are placed in us and for us that we desire, as long as they are good and they are not evil, then God's the one that has, has put that there. For a born-again believer... He's the one that's like, okay, that, that twinkle in your ear, that desire in your heart, that's something that you look forward to. It comes from him. It's placed from him. But giving that to him is just giving it back into the hands that it's meant to be in, that it was in the first place. And so we don't forfeit our own wants necessarily just by turning it over to God. But instead, what that looks like is just saying, God, no matter how it turns out, I trust you because I have peace in you. However it turns out, I know that you're the one that did it or, and I wasn't the one that hindered you. That's what that looks over. Just, just flipping the script instead of being like, oh, I'm losing control. Instead, you're gaining more trust. So let's try to look at it from that different lens because God wants to collaborate with us. That's Collaborating is union. It's partnership. It's being in sequence and in alignment. And that's what he wants. So he wants for you to have these things. He wants for you to obtain these goals. He wants for these things to come to pass that you're striving to, but he wants to be a part of it. And I think that we know that without a doubt, we get to go through things that we might even see as molding us into what that was. You know, I remember right after me and Wesley got married, this just came to my thought. We were like busted broke. And um, I was working at the hair salon during the day and then I was waitressing. 
at this like local restaurant that just started up in our town. And, uh, you know, I look back and I'm like, man, I had, that was so chaotic, but we didn't have kids yet. We were both working as much as we could. But I remember those times I, I ended up learning how to be of service in a different way. You know, being a, a hairstylist, people come to me for service, but being a waitress, you deal with some funky people. And if you're a funky person to a waitress, stop it. Okay. Because it's a lot harder than what it looks. It taught me how to work with others that were not of my same, um, we weren't like-minded, okay? It taught me how to manage other people. I was in charge of the schedule, different things that wouldn't get done. I was the last one to leave. And so my point is I look back at a, at a stressful season of my life as how it gave me different skills. I didn't know I was obtaining those skills, but now I have those skills. So the desire and the quality and the uh, characteristic, I mean, that God placed in me of being able to lead, being able to delegate. These things were being exercised back then. It's just that I didn't have any idea. So I want for you to see how that applies to you. When you look back on things, like maybe you just love babysitting as a kid. You just had a heart for children. And now you became a teacher. You know, I don't know what that looks like for you. But you see, God works in all the things that we don't even see that he's working in. He builds us up in so many ways that we don't even see him building. So when seasons come in where we're like, well, what do we do now? Instead, if we would look at it like we were just building up our resume for what's next. That's what it was doing. Maybe you have a special needs child. God's built in you a merciful heart for the needy, for the ones that don't have a voice. You see, he takes these pieces of our lives to just put them to make the entire puzzle of what the book of our life is going to be. So, Whenever I say that God wants to collaborate you, I want for you to understand that he wants to collaborate you with you, but he's not taking a gamble on you. Whenever we do things like that, we're like, oh, I hope it works this time. There's a chance it may, but how God looks at it is what God's betting on is his power in you. God's going to bet on that because he knows how strong he is. He knows how powerful he is. He knows how almighty he is. So him wanting to collaborate with you is really just a total benefit and gain for you. But you can't have control and you can't trust God at the same time. It's got to be one or the other. So which one are you wanting right now? Do you want to trust in him? Or do you want to have control of yourself? Because y'all, when we keep the control ourselves, we actually limit our possibilities. The, the range of what's possible gets smaller and smaller. Why? Because we're thinking of the things only we can think of. Instead of tapping into the Almighty and the fact that He knows what we came from and He knows what we're going towards. So to just ask Him and say, okay, Lord, what does that look like? With that being said, I want to read you these scriptures about how we, how we know we are in God's hands. Every single one of us at some point, as a believer, you understand that you need a Savior. You understand that you are lost. And so when I read these parables of the lost sheep that Jesus I'm going to read two different, I'm going to read this one. I'm also going to read about him being the shepherd, but I want for you to put in your, your own self as being the lost sheep. We've all been that. And to know that we serve a savior that is chased after us is very overwhelming for me. And I pray that it is to you that you understand how special you are, that you understand how seen you are, that you understand how much he notices when you drift off. He notices. He notices if you drift off for a day. He notices if you drift off for a year. He notices which areas of your life you're choosing to drift away in. You might still be doing the things that men see, 
but God looks on the heart. He sees the drift, and he notices it, and he chases after it. So I want to read that to you real quick. Some of you may be familiar with it, but if you're not, Maria, Luke 15, verse 3. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and go home. I want to unpack a few things. And one thing that I learned in Israel the other day, and it just blew my mind. But I want to, that, that verse in verse four, he goes after it until he finds it. He is a pursuing God. He's not weak. He doesn't grow tiresome. He doesn't get annoyed and say, okay, you just keep on running. Forget it. He doesn't. He keeps going after the lost until it is found. He has an assignment and he completes it. That's the God that we serve. So whenever this parable is being told, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about how we are the lost sheep. God is the good shepherd. Okay. Second thing I want to point out here is when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, just hear me out. But if you are watching on YouTube, you're going to see a picture of this right here up close. I'm going to get Jamie to put an actual still shot of it. But when we were in Jerusalem, we actually went to, um, or in Israel, we went to Bethlehem. And we went to this store that um, these brothers have had this generation after generation business. And it's phenomenal. And what they do is they hand carve things out of solid pieces of olive wood. And so we actually toured this factory because olive wood is huge. Olive wood is exact wood that Jesus died on the cross. That's what that was. And so just the reverence it's shown and how they use it and all the things we got to learn all about it. And then I decided before I left on the trip, I wasn't going to buy a bunch of junk for my kids because that's what we do at the local dollar stores all the time. Instead, everything that I brought them home, I wanted to have meeting and also be able to be related to scripture, something I could teach the kids and them have forever to hopefully one day be able to teach their friends or their own children, you know? And so it's nothing expensive, but it's just a carving of a shepherd boy. And he's carrying a sheep on his shoulders. And so, boom, I immediately saw it. And I wanted to be able to teach this story to the kids. And a guy that was with us, our friend George, he was our tour guide. He is Israeli and he is phenomenal. And he comes up to me and he's like, Jelly. Well, that's how he says it. Like he has a super cute accent, but he's like, hey, Shelly, do you know why the shepherd puts the lost sheep on his shoulders? Well, I knew that had something to do with scripture, but I didn't really, I was like, do tell. And he said, because when he catches it, he carries it and he wants it as close to his voice because he wants the lost sheep to know his voice. You see, because then if it drifts off again, it knows who's talking to him. It knows who's taking care of him. It knows who's searching for him. And y'all, when he said that, I was just like, bam. Something in my spirit was just so spoken to. Do you ever have moments like that where you're just like, man, that shouldn't have been that big, but it was huge to me? That was huge to me. Because you see, as a believer, once we drift away and we become redeemed and reconciled, we know our Father's voice. We know God's voice. We can pick it out. We can discern it. We know what it wants for us. It is clear. So if you're in a season right now where you feel like maybe you're asking God to speak and you're just like, ah, I don't know. Just keep listening because you know what's him. You know his character. You know he is good. And you know that he is joyfully 
put you on his shoulders. That means he is so excited that he has had you back. He's not going to ignore you now. So with that being said now, I want to read some verses real quick in John 10 just about the shepherd, just to kind of be able to correlate the roles. We are the sheep. We are not the shepherd. So I'm going to read 10 verses 2. I'm going to start with 2 through 5. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Wow. Do you see the importance of us getting to know God our Father once we are reconciled with him? It doesn't just stop with salvation. Instead, it's a yearning and a hunger to be able to know him more. Why? So that you know his voice. You belong to him. He goes ahead of you. You follow him. You surrender your plans to him. Then you follow the plans he has set before you. That's how this goes. And then when the stranger comes in, the stranger might not always be the devil. It might not always be Satan. It might be other people telling you, hey, look, have you ever thought about doing it this way? Have you ever thought about spending this much money on it? Have you ever thought, you know what I'm saying? And, and maybe they mean well by this, their, their input and their ideas, and it seems like they care and they just have your best interests at heart. But guess what? It's not what God told you. It's not the plan that God has laid out for you. It doesn't go with the, with the goals and the things that he has set before you to say, no, I have to say no to this right now because that's not my father's voice. Instead, that's a stranger's voice. And this scripture says that I'm going to run from it because you can't serve two masters. So either you're listening to the stranger or you're listening to God. It doesn't mean, people don't mean to detour you, but when you know his voice, you are secure in what he has said. Your confidence in your faith is in that and that alone so that it doesn't trip you up. I'm going to go down real quick to verses 14. John, still in John 10, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Y'all, this is relational. He knows you, you know him. He doesn't just know you and you know nothing about him. This is a two-sided street. Are you doing your part? Are you doing your part to get to know him? 15, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. Okay, I want to point this out because he's talking about different sheep from another pen, but now we're all one flock. And I want to pick this apart a little bit just to show you that just because you haven't always been his right now, I believe he's talking about different things. I think he's talking about the sheep that are the Jewish people that are his, but now he also is pulling from another pen, which is the Gentiles, which is you and me, okay? But I also think that it can mean other things. I think that it can be maybe, maybe you don't come from a family of believers. Maybe you're the first of where you come from. It doesn't mean, oh, this isn't what I am. I'm not a part of this flock. No, you are because I'm just pulled from a different pen because we're all one flock. You see, change in truth has to start somewhere. And when you think about tribes, you know, in, in Nigeria or whatever, and you talk about these little villages, it starts with one person that comes in or one person that obtains the gospel of Jesus that makes it spread. 
But no matter what, y'all, we're all one flock. You see, sheep, what they do, sheep flock together. That's why community of believers is so important, and I will stand on that truth till the end. Because if we're meant to be isolated, why wouldn't he just say, okay, I'm going to let that sheep be over there by itself, and I'll just go to it later. I'll keep it separated, and I'll just make a point to come with it one-on-one. No, he goes, he carries it, and he brings it back for a reason. It's for a reason. So shepherds have roles. He obviously, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. He also says that the father is in him. He knows him and he knows the father. But what does a shepherd actually do? Shepherd has different roles. And I just pointed out a few here. A shepherd's job is to protect. We know this from King David. He was just a shepherd boy. In 1 Samuel 17, 30, I think it's 34. He talks about how, look, I'll go fight this Philistine because guess what? I've been protecting my sheep from from bears and from lions. I know how to protect. This is not, God's been by me doing that. This is nothing for me. I pray you go read it for yourself. But a shepherd protects because he watches over. He sees things coming when the sheep aren't paying attention. You know, if you think about a, if think about a herd of sheep, y'all, right now, what do you envision? You envision, I mean, I don't know. I envision them all huddled up somewhere eating some grass. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're doing something. They're not just sitting there looking up at the sky. They have their heads down and they're, they're going about what they think they need. And I feel like us as people, we're the same way. Like we're so busy in life, keeping our head down, doing what we think we need. We better have somebody watching out for us. We better have God looking and seeing what's coming for us. He protects us. The second thing that he does is he leads them to nourishment. The shepherd guards, guides the sheep right from pasture to pasture, from river to river, from stream to stream. You want to know why? Because the places of nourishment have to be grass and have to be water. The sheep can't survive on anything else. But the shepherd doesn't keep them in one spot till they eat it down to where there's nothing to gain from it. Instead, they give them more. And Jesus Christ will always give you more of him to nourish you. He is the bread of life and he is living water according to the gospels. John 4 Tells us he's living water. John 6 tells us he's a bread of life. That's what he is. And as people, we need that for nourishment, don't we? We cannot live without food or water. A sheep cannot live without food or water. And that's what the shepherd provides. All the nourishment that we need. You see, all the safety and the welfare of the sheep are in the hands of the shepherd. We as people... God gives us a lot more free reign than he does just the sheep that he has. We're children of him and he gives us options. He gives us ways that we can choose or we can choose his way. He's not a forceful God. Instead, he's an inviting God. He wants to, like I said earlier, he wants to collaborate with you, but he will not force that. But like I said, I just want to repeat it, man. We limit ourselves to the pastures that we could have when we don't let him guide us to which one that we need, which one's going to be more beneficial, which one we need us at a certain time. You know, do we put it in his hands? Do we turn it over and say, you know what? You came after me. Now I belong to you. That's what that looks like. I want to end real quick. with just asking these three questions. Have you already been found and belong to the herd of the Holy One.
do you feel like, okay, I know who you are. You have sought after me. You have came after me. And I have said yes to you, Jesus. Have you made that decision yet? If you're listening right now, I feel like the majority of you have. But the second that I ever stop putting the invitation to come to Jesus Christ, I know that I have filled the kingdom. Because you never know. I have no clue. You know, I know that God has given me something to say. And every time he does that, he also gives somebody to hear. And so I just always want for that message to, to definitely come across. The second question is going to be, what aspects are you still holding on to? So maybe you're like, yes, I've turned over my spirit. I've turned over my soul to be God the Father's. But what other areas of your life are you still like, eh, I'm going to keep them in this bag for myself. I'm not going to turn over trust on you yet, yet, Lord. I want control over this one. And that is hard. That is hard. I'm not trying to just you know, act like it's not going to be difficult. I know that it is, but I also know that the whole reason we hate giving things over to God is because we're scared of what he's going to do with it. We have fear that it's not going to turn out like we think that it will, but I'm telling you, the character of God is not to deprive you. It's to elevate you. Not for worldly gain necessarily, but always for kingdom gain. That's not who he is. But the enemy wants for you to believe that he's he's not. He's going to hold out on you. He's been doing that to Eve since the beginning of time. But you can trust him. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. The third thing is this. Ask God for his goals for you instead of giving him yours. Make your prayers. Let's transition our prayers into God. I just want where you what you have for me and I want the peace that's going to surpass the things that maybe I don't understand right now. God, reveal to me what marks you want me to hit. God, reveal to me what plans you have in store for me. Scripture in Jeremiah 20, 11, for he knows the plans that he has for us. Nobody else, no stranger does. Okay? Ask him what that looks like instead of making our prayers be just our request for God to hit our own goals. Instead, we want him to high, make things higher instead of just keeping them as surface level as what we know. You can trust him. He has sought after you. He has gained you. He has carried you on his shoulders, and you do know his voice. I pray that this episode encouraged you. I pray that it opened up your eyes to just a simple parable in the Bible and the Gospels that we can, I mean, I often look over these little stories, but y'all, they have incredible meaning, and I just pray that you have a blessed rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.